This is a Soulfire production. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am sitting down today with my dear, dear friend, Ariel Bloom. You may recognize Ariel's voice as when I flipped the script on you guys a few episodes back and we did the Let's Talk About Sex episode, Ariel actually interviewed me and we talked about all things sexy. So if you haven't heard that, go ahead and head on back into the archives and pull that episode out. It was a great one. But today I get to interview her. Ariel is CEO and founder of Navigating Nutrition. She's also a trainer and functional nutritionist. So to say that Ariel has lifestyle programs on lock would be an understatement. Yes, I said on lock, like my last name, laugh it up. It's a pun. Deal with it. (laughs) Anyway, Ariel is such a rock star. She is one of my gal pals, my tribe, my everything, my confidant. She is amazing. Fun fact, Ariel and I actually cry to one another at least multiple times a week. If you don't have someone like this in your life, find someone and never let them go. We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. And she takes that same sort of experience into her coaching. Navigating Nutrition is a group style course where you get to process with other people that are in the same places in their life, going through the same challenges and overcoming the same obstacles. Ariel has been through all of those obstacles herself and offers a program tailored to each and every one. So if you are interested in recreating your relationship with food, recreating your relationship with stress and how those things interact with one another, recreating your relationships outside of nutrition, Navigating Nutrition is for you. Check it out. I've linked it all in the show notes, how to get a hold of Ariel, how to sign up for her group, which is launching next week, you guys. So get in now and all of the ways to get involved with Navigating Nutrition. While you're in the show notes, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review for this show so that I can continue to have the awesome conversations like the one you're about to listen to now. Enjoy. Well, I've started buying, um, I've started like slowly replacing some of my clothes, like my loungewear stuff. And I've been buying things that are cuter because I'm like, Hey, if I'm going to wear this, I want to look cute while I'm wearing it because I wear it so often. Like I just bought new farm jeans because shout out farming. Like I want to look cute when I'm out there because then I feel better when I'm doing things. I'm like not worried about how frumpy I look. So I totally get it. Look good, feel good. Yeah. Sorry, I think you can hear my neighbor's child like banging on. That's okay. I was literally just doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to kind of dive into, I know we're talking about a lot of, like, oddly enough, this is totally a self-care conversation. Yes. Um, whether that is farming <laughs> jeans, cute loungewear, or anything in between. So I wanted to dive in a little bit about what navigating nutrition is, because I think that it can get lost in the conversation of nutrition challenges or different nutrition companies. So kind of what sets navigating nutrition aside from those things? I love that question because it's so true. And I get that question so often that it's, it's kind of exciting. Like I thought at first it was a little tough to answer, but truthfully, it's so exciting because Navigating Nutrition started as just 
education around how to understand your food choices and how to make better choices for yourself. And since like it's gone around four different cycles now, now it is this amazing process where you start with your relationship with your body, your mind and food. And we start to work on transforming how you're relating and how you're associating your life with the food choices that you're making. There's so many things that go into your food choices and it's not just I should eat this or I should eat that because we all roughly know what we should be eating and I put should in air quotes because there's nothing that's going to be like a universal blanket statement other than we probably should be eating mostly fruits and veggies and like high quality sources of fats and animal proteins like Generally speaking, for most people, that probably is the only blanket statement we can make. And that's not even a blanket statement because there are so many little caveats to that too, depending on your needs as a human being. We talk about people as bio-individuals. You have such a different need than anyone else around you, even if you're growing up in the same house as someone. So we take all of that information, all of the food-related stuff, and we marry that with okay, but how are you showing up in your life? Are you in alignment with how you want to show up? Or is there something there where you feel stuck, anxious, you don't feel good about where you are? And is that possibly the reason you're making different food choices than you want to be making? And that piece in itself is a little tricky because if we just say like, hey, we're going to fix your relationship with food, it inherently says that there is something wrong. There may not be. A lot of my clients come to me because they have a, they have a sticking point somewhere else in their life. And because of that sticking point, they just don't feel motivated to do anything. And they could be studs in the kitchen. They could love food. They have no problem eating fruits and veggies, and that's not where they have a problem. They have a problem with their digestion, where they have some form of IBS, whether it be constipation, diarrhea, gas and bloating, any of those symptoms, heartburn, and no matter what they're eating, even if they're eating the right things, and I put right things in quotes too, because we don't know what those are necessarily, if there's a problem. And it's Maybe not necessarily the food itself. Maybe it's some other form of their life that's just taking, it's taking effect in their food. So that was like a very long-winded way of saying we go through, yes, food education and why are you feeling stuck in your life and where there do we have an opportunity for growth? And I know that you are a functional nutritionist mm-hmm. as opposed to textbook nutritionist, right? Or dietitian. What is the differentiator there? So the biggest one, and I love that question too. The biggest difference is that we're looking at the whole picture of a person. So I'm not just looking at your food choices. I'm actually also looking at what are your stress levels like? How are you managing that stress? What about the relationship you have with your family and friends? What about your work life? How is your sleep? We're looking at all of these different facets of your life that play into your food choices. And that's not saying that other dietitians and nutritionists don't do that. This is just like the main focus. And in functional nutrition, we're always looking for the root of the problem. We're not looking to treat the symptoms. So you may come to me with 
IBS symptoms. You may come to me with um, even some autoimmune diseases. You come to a functional nutritionist for treatment. And we don't actually look at the symptoms you're having. We look at, okay, what could be causing it? And how do we support that? So we're not looking to like fix or abolish whatever it is. We're looking to help support the proper function in your system. Yeah. And I love that you keep bringing up this idea of fixing, because I think that that is something that has been marketed to the masses. There is a problem. Our company, our protocol, our supplement, whatever it is, is going to quote unquote fix. Um, so how do you start to offer the reframe of maybe something isn't broken. Maybe we can optimize something else. Maybe we can offer this sort of coaching from this dynamic or look at your stress levels. How do people tend to digest that and how do you offer that up as a service? Mm, so it's very similar to therapy in that like you are a whole person when you come to me. Everything functions. It may not be functioning optimally. So what we need to be doing is we need to be looking at okay, where are we lacking that functionality? Where is there something that maybe isn't supporting you in the way that you want to be supported? And how do we help support that process? For a lot of people, it's digestive problems. For some people, it's their blood sugar. Um, if you've been chronically dieting, a lot of people have an issue with their blood sugar regulation. Um, other people have various different nutrient deficiencies. They have different things that are inhibiting them from being able to address other things like their sleep or their movement because they're either like in so much pain or they're just so tired that they can't address those things yet. So a lot of what we look at is, okay, how can we support those things like your digestion? How can we get your blood sugar regulated instead of it like spiking crazy and then dropping like crazy? And then from that process, how do we take the next step and the next step until we get to a place where all of the foundations are supported and then we can go and see, okay, what else can we do? So what are some of the foundations that you're trying to support? So I mentioned two of them, digestion and blood sugar. The others are hydration, movement, um, sleep, and stress are in there too. And then we are also looking, we're looking at like your lifestyle as a whole here. So it's digestion, blood sugar, sleep, stress, and movement, um, hydration, and mineral balance. Those are like the big ones. Um, Hydration and mineral ba balance I usually put together because if you're being if you're adequately hydrated you usually should have a healthy mineral balance and if you're not if you don't have a healthy mineral balance then you're probably going to be dehydrated just because you need some of those minerals to stay hydrated so that's a big that's a the biggest difference with um, people that are just saying like hey you should just drink water because it's not just your hydration that's right? It's all of the other pieces of hydration. Are you keeping your minerals balanced? Are you getting the electrolytes that you need? Um, those are the big pieces outside of just your food that are super important. Yeah, I, I'm putting my hand up right now. Is like, <laughs> my name is Lindsay and I'm a chronic dieter and trendy follower and everything else. Um, and something that I have for those listeners that follow me on social media, 
um, you know that I have been going through my own battles right now with trying to figure out my digestion, figure out my deficiencies. Um, and I, Dr. Brocchini, who was on the show recently, um, has totally blown open my mind with so many things. Um, I know that it's super trendy to be like, oh, like vitamin D or vitamin B12 and all of these things. I'm going to go get these injections or I'm going to start taking these supplements. And I think that, or I would at least like to think that that all comes from a good place. Like we want to make healthier people and the more educated people are, you know, we can get healthier societies and healthier communities, but it's also a market. And there's also a lot of supplements that you can buy. So if someone wanted to start quote unquote biohacking or taking this more individualistic approach to nutrition, where's a good place to start? So what you did is a great thing. You went to a doctor where she ordered testing for you to be able to see where you may be deficient. If that is not feasible for you, which for some people it's not, that's okay. The next best thing is going to see, um, and this is kind of a two-part thing because you would go see a functional medicine doctor and then they would refer you or you would find after that the additional support of a functional nutritionist or a, or a nutrition coach, someone or a health coach to help you navigate the rest of that. Because the doctor's going to give you the general protocol, they'll tell you, okay, these are what you're deficient in. Um, they'll recommend some supplementation for you. If you have a really good functional medicine doctor, they'll um, even give you the foods and things like that, that you can also start to incorporate into your diet. Otherwise you would go to a functional nutritionist for that. If you don't have, because functional medicine can be rather expensive. If you don't have those funds, you can go right to a functional nutritionist and they'll usually, at least I'm going to speak for myself because I'm not sure a lot of other people's protocols, but the, I'll have my clients go through a really long intake assessment form that looks at their lifestyle. It looks at their eating habits. Um, I look at their history. So any past and current issues that they run into, any surgeries, um, how were they born, all of those things play a huge role, any medications that you're taking. And from that information, I gather all of the potential things that could be deficient if you answered that appropriately. So we go through this whole intake form. And then from there you go in, we start working together to see, okay, well, what in this form do we need to elaborate on? What can we maybe get some more information here for? And then from there, we develop a plan together to figure out how can we start to incorporate first whole foods and, and um, animal sources of proteins that we can get those nutrients from. And then after that, we look at supplementation. So it's never really going right to it unless you have that testing first, just because you really don't know. And even though a vitamin is a vitamin, it's too much of a good thing is still too much. So you never know like how you can, how much damage you can be doing if you're not supplementing appropriately for yourself. Yes, that is what I have tried to hammer home with so many people. Cause as I've been sharing my journey, people are like, Oh, what's that IV or what are you doing? And I'm like, whoa, 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 I'll let you know. Like, I'll tell you. And this is all my individual protocol. Odds are you do not need this. 
yes, it's making me feel better. That does not mean it is going to make you feel better. Well, I thought it was so interesting because you were talking to me, we were talking the other day about how like you never got tested to see if you were anemic. That's the only thing I've ever been tested for. No one has ever tested any other problems that I've like reported. And it's just so interesting because I've been tested so many times because everyone thinks I'm anemic. Meanwhile, I had mold toxicity and you've never been tested for um, anemia and you were. Right. So and it's I so for it. I had asked doctors like, yeah, actually. And I think that, um, sometimes, mm, okay. I'll speak from my own experience. Yeah. Having worked in the fitness world and the health and nutrition world for as long as I have, I do feel that I have a, a unique set of skills. <laughs> I feel like, uh, what's that movie taken? I will find yeah. it. So I do have this unique set of skills and I have a lot of education and spaces about questions that I should ask that I feel like a lot of people don't have. And that's fine, right? Like if you are a CPA, odds are you haven't spent as much time studying movement and nutrition as I have, and that's okay. Um, so I think that I came at it with the advantage of knowing what questions to ask, which is why I think having either a functional nutritionist or someone to support you in this journey is so important. And also kind of the shadowy side of that is I had so many doctors that kind of like turned up their nose at me, like, oh, this girl self-diagnosed herself or she thinks she knows everything. And I, and I was like, no, like, please, please test me for this. And they're like, no, try this hormone. No, try this. And it, it's funny because it was like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? It gets the oil. I finally had a doctor that listened to me and lo and behold, this thing that I thought I had since the age of 14 is now finally getting diagnosed 15 years later. Yeah. And it's so crazy because I've had very similar experiences. I've also had the other side of that where I am fit. I've been fit for 10 years now. And every time I would go to a doctor complaining about an issue that I was having, they would say, well, you look pretty healthy. All of your labs are fine. And I, had the same issues, had to push and push and push. And finally I gave up for like three years and just tried to figure it out on my own. And that's where a lot of my information and a lot of my knowledge came from was because I was just trying to help myself feel better. Right. And it's really hard when you're coming from the place of, I know I don't feel great, but I don't feel like I'm dying. So I don't know where I stand in the middle, you know, and we're kind of in this like gray area of just feeling like shitty enough to like, be, have it be a bother, but like not shitty enough for it to not like elicit some sort of response from doctors. And that's where we get really tough because people just go about life living in that shitty, weird brown area. I'm not going to call it gray because I like the gray area. Like the brown area is not the fun part. It's and I think that's where a lot of us literal yeah. brown shit. <laughs> Literally, that is exactly what it is. And don't get me wrong, I love the color brown, but this issue is that we've we've been conditioned to live at a standard that is very very low mm -hmm. and it's super cool when we start to and we've seen it so much being in the health and fitness space we start to help people step out of the brown shitty area and into this really beautiful colorful space where they feel good they have a lot of energy their mind is clear 
they feel like they can actually do all of the things that they want to do. And then they go turn around and they're like, you know, I have to tell people about this and I can't because now everyone else is living in that shitty brown area and they just think that I'm crazy. Mm, Yeah. It's almost like you get gaslit in thinking that your baseline or your homeostasis, even though you don't think that there's something right about it. That was me. I was like, well, I have a really busy lifestyle, right? Because one of the side effects of anemia is chronic fatigue. And Mm -hmm. so I was tired all the time. And I always equated it to, well, you work two jobs, you try to make it to the gym five, six days a week, you balance your social activity and you do all of these things. Of course, your body's going to feel run down. And I had like conditioned myself into believing that that was just how I was supposed to live. That was just how I was supposed to feel. And so if this conversation does nothing other than spark listeners ideas about, is there a better way to feel? Is there a better way to live? Like this conversation will be worth it in and of itself. Um, But something I didn't want to gloss over was that you said so much of your journey and journeying into being a CEO and founding Navigating Nutrition has been through your own trial and error, your own battle with nutrition. So can you share with listeners kind of what that looked like, where it started, how it's blossomed? Yeah. Um, So I also shared this on the Women Make Waves podcast that we did, and it's it was super fun to start the conversation that way because I never put two and two together that I started fitness because it felt really good. It was something that I didn't consider myself an athlete in high school or growing up. I kind of was more of like the theater geek. Um, I felt really awkward in my body. And when I got to college, I actually fell in love with fitness and I found CrossFit and I found all of these different ways to move and it made me feel really strong. So as I started feeling so much better, I started to dive down the rabbit hole of, okay, how do I make myself feel even better? How do I get stronger? How do I look better? Because going from high school to college, I lost a lot of weight. I was super, um, I would I wouldn't say super sedentary. I was pretty sedentary in high school. I did a few things. I worked two jobs in high school, so I was doing things, but they weren't super active things. So maybe my mind was a little bit more tired than my body. I wasn't eating very well because I really just didn't know any better. And going from high school to college, I lost about 20 pounds. And the first time I noticed that was when I was getting more attention. Mm. And that attention was dangerous because a, I did have weight to lose. Like I was not necessarily a healthy weight in high school. However, losing that weight in the headspace that I was at going into college was also pretty dangerous because I noticed the attention. I noticed that I liked the way I looked more. And then being in a space where I kind of, I I started to attach my, relationship to myself and my identity to how I looked. Hmm. And that's where I got a little women listening right now can resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I share it because I know that that's the case for a lot of people. And so as that relationship started to change, as my identity started to change, I started to get really 
I would say obsessed with working out. And I had people in my life check in on me, asking me if I was okay. And I didn't look like I had disordered eating. I didn't look like I was an unhealthy weight. So to me, in my own brain, I said, I'm fine. Of course I'm fine. So going through college, I started to get more and more obsessed with what am I eating? How much am I eating? How come I don't look like my friends that are super athletic and are like super toned? And then once I found, once I moved home, because I moved home in college, I got a little bit of freedom from that because I was kind of removed from being with a lot of other people that were maybe looked, and I'm putting it in quotes, looked a little bit better than I did. You know, like they were more athletic. They had been athletes their entire lives. So their bodies look different than mine did. And even looking back, like I look at pictures of myself in college, I'm like, we all look the same. But in that mindset, having your identity be totally attached to that, that's where I was. So as I started to dive deeper into understanding how to get my, how to make myself stronger, how to make myself fitter, I started to become more and more interested in, okay, but I want to know those things. And how do I make myself feel better in terms of my brain and the other things that I want to do? Because I still was working. I still was going to school in the same time. I was coaching CrossFit at the time too. And I just started to feel run down. Like my body hurt. I herniated two discs in my back and I never came back from it. It was like, I was out for six months coaching and I could like barely stand while I was coaching, but I really didn't want to give it up. And it was really devastating. So fast forward a couple of years, I started to get really fed up with feeling shitty. Everything started to hurt. My body was going haywire. I would get hives when I got cold. I was, my face was swelling up randomly. There was like no clear reason for it. Um, I didn't have health insurance at this point, so I couldn't really go see a doctor. And I had gone one time to a doctor um, and I paid out of pocket just for them to tell me that I just had IBS. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like WebMD told me that too. What can we do about it? And they basically told me nothing. Like you just kind of have to live with it. I was not willing to accept that. I also was not willing to accept the fact that I was having chronic diarrhea to the point where I couldn't make it through a CrossFit class. Like I couldn't go work out because I had to go to the bathroom every like five minutes. And it was getting to a point where it was also scary because that's really, really dangerous. So once I would consider that my rock bottom, just because I was so uncomfortable that it really forced me to take a look at where I was. And so looking back at all of the choices that I had made, the food choices or lack of food choices that I had made, the over-exercising, not giving myself time and space, all of that kind of pieced together this puzzle that, okay, maybe part of this really is stress-related and maybe I really do need to give myself a break. And the other part is maybe I've just totally been neglecting my body for Mm -hmm. the past 10 years which is so crazy, right? I totally resonate with that. When I was arguably, and we're going to use our favorite air quotes, (laughs) 
when yeah. I was arguably my fittest, my leanest, my strongest, and in my mind, my most attractive, I was by far the most unhealthy I have ever been. Mm-hmm. I was living off of egg whites, brown rice, and boiled chicken. Oh, mine was canned chicken. Oh, yeah. I mean, neither one of those. Oh, my, no. my body has a visceral response now <laughs> to both of those things. Um, and I was training between two to four hours a day, seven days a week, because, you know, resting wasn't a thing. No, no days and, off. Yeah, no, that's for, that's for the week. Um, <laughs> And I, you know, from outsiders looking in and especially other women, when we get onto social media and we start comparing by all intents and purposes, I looked like I had it figured out and that I was fit, air quotes, fit. And like I said, I was my most unhealthy I've ever been. And mm-hmm. same that thing happened to me. Like I went through an extremely traumatic injury that made me reevaluate like, okay, Lindsay, your body whispered for a really long time, right? I'd have a nagging injury or I would have, you know, this chronic fatigue or these things going on and I would ice it or take a nap or drink some coffee because just mask, 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 mask a symptom. And finally my body was like, hey, I've been whispering for a really long time and now I'm fucking yelling slow down. I am going yeah. to slow you down until you start to reevaluate what decisions you're making. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, the biggest part about it is that you're going to get the yells for as long as it takes to, for you to listen to them. I had a lot of yells. I had, I herniated two discs in my back and I had a stress fracture. I had hurt my shoulder several times before this and I just wasn't ready to hear it until finally in the middle of a CrossFit class, I was like, this is not okay. Like there's no part of this that is okay. I'm and it wasn't ready to shit my pants. This is literally not okay. I like, I like these shorts and I'm about to lose them. So <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure it out. <laughs> so that started this whole trajectory. And before that I had been coaching for at that point, I'd been coaching for five years. I've been coaching CrossFit and everything in the CrossFit modality, like all of the information around nutrition is eat whole foods and avoid processed foods and sugar. And for so long in the fitness space, it was eat these protein bars, get as many carbs as you can from all of these weird, uh, low carb sources that really aren't food. Oh, the amount of diet sodas that I drank because zero carbs, zero fat, zero protein. It fit my macros. Yeah. So I'm going to slam diet Coke. Like it's going out of style. And that was where I was. I was eating canned chicken. That shit is lined with BPA. Like what are we doing? And it didn't need to be refrigerated. It literally lives on a shelf. It's a non-perishable item. Chicken is a perishable item. It should always perish at some point. (laughs) Okay. So, and it drives me. And and here's the thing. I have so much empathy for anyone that has gone through this experience or something similar, because I know how it feels to be on both sides of that coin. Like being in that, I know it felt like the right thing. 
it felt like the right thing for us. It felt like the right thing to do. Even now I get to some points and I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, like not feeling too great about myself. Maybe I need to like reel it in. Maybe I need to get some lean proteins or whatever. And it's so hard because in the fitness world, we live in a community where it is totally the norm to eat that way. Right. And, and everyone looks good. And it's very, it can be so hard. And I always say comparison is the thief of joy because what does it serve you to compare yourself to someone else and just point out your faults? Mm -hmm. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? So I started diving into it. I started really understanding where my food choices were making me feel this way and which ones I could adjust, what I could do. And I had already been playing around with avoiding certain foods, certain food groups, because I knew, sorry, I get the hiccups. I knew that those things bothered my system. That's when it got to another ugly point where I started noticing that everything bothered my system. So I slowly started cutting everything out. So I couldn't have I couldn't have gluten. I couldn't have dairy. I couldn't have high FODMAP foods. I couldn't have starchy foods. I couldn't have these high histamine foods. And it got to a point where I was going, I was eating again, lean proteins, brown rice, and broccoli. And I was like, how did I get back here? How did I get back to the point where I'm not eating anything, but now it's because I'm afraid of food. It's because I'm afraid of eating anything that's going to make me feel bad. So I started, to, I started to shift the relationship I had with the foods I was eating. Instead of being afraid of the foods that I was eating, I was taking a really hard look at what else in my life is contributing to the fact that I can't eat these foods. And a big piece of it was stress for me. Because I had felt so tired and so run down for so long, I had very little left in me in terms of my, my stress threshold. I had to really reel it in. I went from working, working out for two plus hours and being super active outside of that. Like our dog, Mila, very active, very needy, needs a lot of exercise in order to be good. I would like take her for runs. I would go on really long walks with her. And part of it was to see myself burn some calories, but it, part of it was because like she needs the exercise. And so all of that on top of working out and coaching full-time, plus also doing all these extra things, something had to give. And I started to really pay more attention to where is my stress level at all times. And a big part of it for me was the pressure I was putting on myself it wasn't a lot of the other stuff. I enjoyed all of the other things, but it was the pressure to get all of them done. Mm. And that was really, really big for me was that I was putting this imaginary pressure on myself that I had to do all of these things. Otherwise my day was a failure. So I started to really reevaluate where I was spending my time, how I was spending my time and how I felt spending that time. And those things gave me really great insight into I was feeling super uninspired because I just felt super out of alignment with what I wanted to be doing. I was kind of in a point where I was in a kind of a career transition. I was still trying to be a teacher and I was working at a gym that I didn't really love. And at that point, 
it was really clear and really apparent to me that I needed to make a change in something. So I, that's actually when I joined NC Fit and when I started to work for NC Fit because that was the change I needed. I needed a culture change. I needed a location change. And that's when this ship started turning around because I, I, I like, I took the power back instead of giving all of my power to external um, circumstances to the pressure that I was putting on myself. I started to take actions that were in alignment with how I wanted to feel. Yes. And so I talk about that all the time. Yes. Yes. I know you do. And that's the, that is so important because when you take the power back and you take the responsibility for your actions and you start to move in alignment with how you want to feel versus how you're allowing yourself to feel right now, such insane shifts happen. And I always say this, and this is like a little woo woo, but the universe will go woo. You know what this podcast is about. I'm diving in. So the universe will only give you what you can handle. And so I was getting all of these signals. I was getting all of these messages. Hello, universe whispers and then yells that I wasn't doing what, what I was meant to be doing. I wasn't in the right space and I felt out of alignment. I felt sick. I felt uncomfortable in my body. And it was all of these little whispers of the universe saying, Hey, you are not in alignment. And then career change, shifting, taking that power back. I started to feel better. And it wasn't because of the outside things. It was because I showed up and I listened to myself. Mm-hmm. There is so much the responsibility, the radical responsibility that comes along with getting curious and being honest in that curiosity mm-hmm. can feel really scary, first and foremost. Like, we are not minimizing how hard a career shift, a culture change, any of these things can be because mm-hmm. Ariel and I have both done both of them, and it takes a lot of courage to do. So when you were recognizing this and you were turning the ship around, what was your mantra? What were your tools? What were the things that you were doing to help you get through this transitional period? Okay. So when I initially moved from New York to California, that was a huge shift for me. And it happened because I read this book, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Um, And from that book, I came out I came out of reading that book with the mantra, I am unfuckwithable. And originally it was because I had gone through a breakup. I was really just trying to not let other people's opinions matter so much to me. And I took that back and I started to bring the mantra in again. I am unfuckwithable. I can do this. I have a tattoo on the back, on my back that says forge ahead. My dad says it to me all the time. And that was the biggest thing because when I think of that sentence, it's not forge ahead because you have to just go through the shit. It's forge ahead because there's something really amazing in front of you. And it helped me so much to just understand that I am uncomfortable because I am growing And that shift from like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I want to stop to I'm uncomfortable. Let's keep going because this is going to lead to something really good. That was, I think, the biggest thing that helped me the most. And I always say like 
Talk about being uncomfortable. I had meltdowns weekly in our kitchen. I still do. Oh, (laughs) you and I I cried cried each other often. Often. (laughs) We have a podcast where we just cry. Basically. (laughs) I cried the other day in the kitchen and it's not like, I think we have a, a very big stigma around crying. I will cry at any point. If I get frustrated, if I get overwhelmed, if I get happy, if I'm sad, that is my reaction. I cry. And it's like, it starts in my gut and it comes all the way up and then it's just tears. And that's how I express emotions. Totally fine. It's when I'm happy. It's when I'm sad. That's what comes out. And I think a lot of us suppress it so much that it boils into other issues. If you're holding in tears, you got to let them go because otherwise they're going to turn toxic. Like anything that stays in your body for too long will ferment and it'll be toxic eventually. It's basically canned chicken. What we are getting to is repressing (laughs) your emotions is like having non-perishable chicken in your nervous system. You got to get it out. (laughs) Get it out of your body. Get it out of the house. Just get it out. Um, But yeah, so that was, I don't want to discredit that at all because meltdowns happen. And I always say, I don't actually say it. My mentor says it, but new levels, new devils. There's always going to be something to have a meltdown about. There's always going to be something to worry about. And congratulations because you made it to the next level. And now you're in a new place. You're in a new scenario. You're in a new situation that is encouraging you to grow and rise. Mm. So that is now that's, that's how I've taken. I'm unfuckwithable into like the rest of my life is new levels, new devils. I'm still unfuckwithable. I'm still going to push myself to grow because it feels good when I expand, maybe not in the moment, but it feels good when I get through it. Yeah. Take a second listeners and breathe that in and mm-hmm. just sit with it because we are not saying that the journey is easy. We are not. The new devils come. It's like Mario and you get to a different level yeah. and beat a boss every time. That's what it is like, but you are so capable of doing it. Yeah. And I know that that's one of the things that you help your clients do in navigating nutrition. So I know we talked off talked off, started off talking about this. Words are hard. All right. I feel that toast coming from it straight. Words are hard. Um, we talked about navigating nutrition in the beginning. And I think this is such a beautiful way to bring it full circle on how you bring that unfuck withable attitude and coaching to your clients. So can you kind of share what the navigating nutrition timeline looks like and, and what courses you may offer? Yeah. So we're actually, doors are open right now for the spring class and we start April 12th, the week of April 12th. And we go through, it's 12 weeks of coaching and each month, so that's three months, we go through each month, a different area of life. So we start with our mindset. We start with our relationship with food, with your relationship with your body, understanding your triggers, understanding how to set boundaries, how to how to show up for yourself so that you can show up for other people in your life. A really big and a really important part of what I do is helping you pay it forward. So my coaching is not just for me to be like, hey, I'm gonna help only you and you're gonna keep that information just for yourself. No, 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 that's not how we rise the tides. I'm going to help support you so that you can support other people in your life. I want you to be your best self so you can show up that way for everyone else. 
And you can't do it unless you prioritize your health, your nutrition, your mindset. So we start there. Is that one of the reasons why your program is also a group setting as opposed to individual? Yeah. So I love my one-on-one clients and I also don't offer a lot of spots for one-on-one because that is such a, I really believe that most people do a lot better when they're in a group setting. You get other people to share the experience with and you have a community of people that's also doing the process with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to call it work. Um, and I know that we've talked to Kelly Tennant and she, t- she says this all the time. It's not work because you can't just like do it and then it's done. This is a process that you have to start and you have to be surrounded by people in order for it to be successful for you. You need to be surrounded by people that are also in that process because and they get it. It normalizes it. I can't yes. tell you how many times I have my girl tribe. Ariel is one of them. So sorry, guys. Can't have her. She's mine. Um, I have. Yeah, we can share. Friend. We can, maybe we'll 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 check. It out. <laughs> Unless you want to get into navigating nutrition, you can you can have a piece of her. Yeah. But it is so insane how many stories we tell ourselves about what we're thinking and how it's so unique and individual to us, and nobody has had this experience. And because of that, I'm so afraid to share it or be vulnerable. And then you share it. And not a single person even bats an eye because they have all thought it too. Or there's this huge come together where you kind of laugh and you're like, oh, fuck, like I had that distorted thinking too. And let's talk about it. So this group setting that Ariel creates is so, so, so important. It's also really huge to be surrounded by people that are also elevating themselves because you're going to be with people outside of that. They're going to try and pull you in to what you were because to them, you are still that person. Mm -hmm. So to be surrounded by people that are also going through the process and stepping into a new level of themselves is really powerful because now you're not alone. You're Mm -hmm. not, you have, you have people, not just someone, you have people to talk to about what you're running into, the struggles that you're having, setting boundaries with people. All of that is so powerful and that's why I love the group so much. I also just happen to love women. I, I screen people that come in because I need to make sure that everyone is a good fit for the program and for, uh, that I'm a good fit for them. And I have to say like every round, these women are so amazing and I just love them so much. Um, I can attest. I've done group calls uh, as a guest coach with you guys and I can totally attest to that. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I love when you come in too. It's so fun. Um, your calls are always like, Oh my God, I love Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'll share her sometimes. Um, but yeah, so that's the first month and we go through a lot of the mindset pieces first because we start that conversation first. Then we go into understanding food. So it's what are the macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates? How do they affect your body? How do those food choices affect other parts of your life? Um, I also have my navigating nutrition clients go through the same onboarding form that I have my one-on-one clients go through because I want to know, I want to be able to best support them. And I can't make recommendations if I don't understand the full picture. So they get that as a bonus. So we go through the information and the education around food, understanding it. And we practice all of the information of tracking your macros, um, just a food and mood journal. So just understanding other ways to log your food, just to understand how it's 
affecting your system. And then we also, we go into intuitive eating and I don't like using that word because it's been super overplayed. I feel, oh, um, but sure. it, I'm like, I'm intuitive. I'm hungry. So right. I eat everything that seems so like an alignment. Right. <laughs> I'm hungry all the time. So I'm going to eat all the time, but what we actually do is we understand, because here's the thing, I don't want anyone to have to track their macros forever. Is it a great tool? Absolutely. It gives you data. Data is efficient. And you should not be tied to your phone for the rest of your life. Like you should be able to eat without tracking and it shouldn't be that you're off the rails when that happens. So we go into, okay, now I've practiced tracking my macros. I understand what portion sizes look like. How do I take that information and apply it to my life without an app, without technology? So we do both of those things. And we work on those for a little bit. And then after that, we work on how do we apply both of these things together to make sure that we're setting our life up in a way that feels good? How do I make sure that I'm always set up for success with my food and my nutrition so that I can perform at my best? I can be the best mom. I can be the best CEO that I can be. And I'm showing up and serving in a way that still is in alignment with how I want to feel. <sighs> Guys, Arielle is probably one of my favorite people to talk to. Like I said, she's in my girl tribe. And reason being is because she is doing, again, not going to call it the work, is in the process and in the trenches and understands this. So what I love so much, she is like one of my go-tos when I have therapy questions because I understand the emotional side of trauma. Some of the things I don't have the nutrition training. I have a lot of nutritional knowledge and I have a lot of things that help, but the skills that Ariel has that I can say, Hey, like, I've got this client that has this weird attachment to a food group and I think it's attached to this trauma. Some of it is just my confirmation bias that I want to hear Ariel say, yep, you're barking up the right tree. Let's talk about it. But she truly is doing the work and it's so connected to our physical health is our emotional and our mental health. And all of those things are so affected by, like Ariel was saying, our lifestyle, what we're choosing to put in our mouth how we're managing our stress levels. So I will for sure link all of the ways to get involved with navigating nutrition in the show notes. But if people wanted to connect with you or see what you're putting out, how would they do that? Amazing. And thank you for putting those in the show notes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Ariel underscore bloom. Um, that is the best place to find me. Honestly, I am probably most active there and I put all updates there as well. Hell yeah. You can also find us uh, holding down some rooms in Clubhouse every once in a while. So yep. <laughs> if you don't have the Clubhouse app, find a friend to hit you with that invite so you can hear us uh, have these ad hoc conversations more frequently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ariel, thank you so much for being on Get Psyched. We're going to have you back soon. Can't wait. Thank you for having me.